Oh goodness. Hello and welcome to Tech Finds, the show where we get gout about... <laughs> okay, one more time, I swear. Um, <laughs> with feeling. Hello and welcome to Tech Minds, the show where we geek out about grapes and technology. I'm your host, Melissa Gurney-Green, and I'm joined, as ever, by my fabulously wonderful co-hosts that never make a mistake, uh, Scott <laughs> DeLandy and Colin Gallagher. How are you guys doing today? Hello. Hi. It's been a week, but doing okay, yes. <laughs> At least is... That mistake <laughs> is editable out, so people may or may not hear it, depending on how I feel tomorrow. <laughs> like my mistake last week, which was uncorrectable. Yes. Yeah, it happens. It happens. I um, It's been a week for me as well. <laughs> At one point today, I was just like, I'm done. Like, I- I'm good. Like, it's it can be Friday because because I'm done. And I'm just like, I need to go take a walk and adjust my attitude. And of course, it was like 30 minutes before I was supposed to meet with my skip level boss. And he sent me a message because the universe is kind to me today and was like, can we reschedule? I've got to meet with the the CTO about keynotes. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) I don't have to bring my crappy attitude to you. (laughs) This is perfect. (laughs) So it worked out well. Did this allow you to start um, testing your sangria early, or uh, were you right on your normal schedule? I was right on my normal schedule. I didn't okay. want to to test the sangria that early and then and then roll into this <laughs> in that condition. So um, I I behaved myself and waited. I actually made it with um, with the Beaujolais, which was interesting. It's, really? Yeah. <laughs> So let's let's talk about wines a little bit. Uh, what 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 did you use to make your sangria? Well, so yeah, so that's the the episode. It was uh, the wine that was chosen by Melissa was the sangria, and yeah, uh, I guess you not want really me- a wine, but yes. well, yeah, all right. So the I, in the in the spirit of it's an it's, aromatized it's a, right. wine, so, yes. a yes. wine punch. But yes. the wine idea punch, was yeah. was to bring a wine that you would use to make sangria. Correct, and uh, and the fact that we are starting to kick off summer, so we were going to go sort of with something that was a little bit of a, of a summery flair. So, um, I you know I I probably overthought this more than I should have, right? So I didn't know whether I was going to do a red or if I was going to do a white. So I ended up hearing about um, basically a a premix version of sangria that was supposed to be really good came in both a red and a white so i got a bottle of each just to test it out and see okay because you know when you make your own sangria it's like well what, what what's the right wine to mix with it and that was kind of the point was you know is it a pinot is it a is it a um a sauvignon or whatever it is right so it's always kind of the the mixing of the wine so i thought what i would do is i would get something that has the proper wine that's already supposed to be mixed with it and see what it tasted like and so I tried it. I, I, I did the red and I did the white. I thought the white was a little bit better. So um, I went with the white. But when I first had it, it tasted like a, a glass of Pinot Grigio that somebody put ice in and the ice melted and it was kind of watery, mm-hmm. right? So not too sweet, didn't have a bite to it. It was okay. There was a little bit of a fizz in it, but it just didn't have a kick. So that's where I went into the lab and I started doing some experimenting. And so the the final product that I have is the the premix sangria, which is basically the wine. 
Um, and what I did is I added Tito's vodka into it. I added um, some um, brandy into it. And then what I did is I took um, a couple of Cara Cara oranges, really sweet, you know, the red oranges. And I squeezed a couple of oranges into it. And then I had some um, really ripe uh, black plums, like, you know, the ones that are like so juicy, yes. like they, they make yes. a mess when you eat them. So I had those. And so I squeezed uh, one of the plums into that and I cut up the other one and put that in as kind of a kind of a garnish. And, and overall, it turned out really well. Um, I don't think it really mattered what I put in as the wine for for, you know, the base of it. Um, but I think, you know, putting in the the vodka and the brandy definitely gave it that, you know, quality sangria sort of taste so i'm i'm pretty happy with it and i do have a good sangria story but i will i will stop and i will let uh colin or melissa describe what they're drinking tonight uh, colin goes first always uh, okay so, yeah so i am actually drinking sangria out of a bottle tonight um because i wanted to try it okay uh, bought, bought at my local gas station by the way so it's a gas station sangria classy um, <laughs> um and a, yeah maybe fortification like scott's um um, primarily because what I wanted to try it, I want to have something to talk about. Um, and actually a friend of mine had, had, had bought this a couple weeks ago or someone had given it to him and he was, he was complaining about it. So I was like, it can't be that bad. And eh, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the bottled sangria for the most part. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a super sweet alcoholic grape juice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it doesn't have a lot of the, the, it's not the true sangria, but my, so tr- a traditional sangria from, Spain or Portugal is made with Tempranillo or Grenache, or Grenache or some combination thereof. Um, and so I couldn't find Tempranillo or Grenache around um, or Grenache. So I decided to buy off the bottle. But my recipe, when I make it for myself, I usually do Zin. Uh, it's close enough to it. I'll do it. Zin's easy to get. So I'll do, you know, my recipe, by the way, for sangria, which I have here printed out. Um, yeah. I've had it for years. You can see the stains on it and everything else. Um, and they've made it. Um, it's two, it's uh, two gallons of Zin, a cup of brandy, uh, half a cup of Cointreau, uh, two quarts of orange juice, two cups of lemon juice, a cup of super fine sugar because you need to sweeten it, um, and then chilled club soda, and then oranges and oranges and lemons sliced in it. But yeah, the, the club soda, the, the 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 bubbly or not bubbly is sort of a, 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 con, a controversial aspect of sangria. Does it is it flat or is it or is it bubbly? But um, I like it a little bubbly, particularly if I'm serving it as a punch or something, and you know. It's, um, I usually do it at my Halloween parties because it's quite appropriate. Because what does sangria mean, folks? Oh, I, I had looked this up, but I know what it was. But why don't you tell us, Colin? It means bloodletting. So, yes. uh, oh, lovely. Like, like sangre or, or sangfroid. Uh, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah, bloodletting. So, yeah, cool. so that's it. So I'm, I did not make it because I, I it had, I've had a crazy week. And, um, but so I, did, I went for gas station sangria. So. Awesome. I'm going to have to try that recipe. And, and you didn't fortify it. You just went right out of the box. I didn't fortify it until you mentioned it. I was like, oh, I should go out, should have gone and fortified it. So I think, yes. I will I'm not leave my desk because we know that screwed up last time. But, ha- but you know, if I can, I'll, well, I'll leave my headset. Maybe I'll fortify it. Actually, I've got some quantra on the corner here. So maybe I'll give it a shot of quantra on it. Adding, adding, adding the vodka definitely helped because, again, the, there wasn't a, a, a bite to it. It was like, yeah. it, it, it's there, but I can't, like, it's not really there, um, and then and then the the the, uh, the plum, which was probably a day or two overripe, so it was like perfect, like where you didn't want to eat it because it was too juicy, but it made it was spectacular because it was so sweet. So I didn't have to put anything in it as far as sugar or anything because it's it's plenty sweet enough. Cool. 
All right. Hey, Melissa, what are you doing? What was you, you're just drinking the wine straight and thinking about sangria? No, 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 no. I have sangria as well. Um, I I made it with Beaujolais, which is interesting. <laughs> Usually it's it's Tempranillo. Um, I'm I'm with you on the Cointreau and adding Cointreau and oranges and squeezing the oranges for orange juice. So it's kind of a hybrid between yours and Scott's maybe. Um, also the brandy, not so much with vodka, but yeah, I, no. I get it. The brandy, the brandy is enough. I mean, they're, they're probably the same. They're yeah. the same vodka, yeah. I, I use um, brown sugar. Ooh. Ooh, that's price. interesting. Oh, I might have tried so, that. So a little bit of brown sugar, and then um, definitely on board with the plums. I also freeze grapes Ooh. instead of using ice cubes and put, like, frozen grapes in there. Um, fancy. This She's is fun. fancy. <laughs> and, then, and then I like to stick apples in there, too. Maybe it's because mm. I'm in Washington and there are apples everywhere. Yeah, I was actually going to say I've seen recipes with apples and apple juice and that doesn't do it for me for some reason. I don't like that. I like, I like the citrus in it, not, but not the. Yeah, I love the citrus as as far as the flavor goes, but I like just having a couple like apple chunks in there, soaking up the flavor. You know what I've been doing is the um the uh the Asian pears. If you ever had an Ooh, uh, an Asian yeah. pear, yeah, yeah, that I I actually have one. I was gonna cut it cut it up, but I wanted to save it for tomorrow because I like I like to have the uh, the Asian pears and slice it up. So I was like, no, I'm not gonna commit my last because it was one of those ones that I got um, a few days ago and it was like rock hard, and it's getting to the point where it's you know at that perfect level of um of ripeness where it's gonna be good and sweet. So. So that's it. So I have a I have a good sangria story. So go ahead. The best. Uh, sa- so do you remember the best sangria you ever had in your life? Well, I, I know. I mean, we've all been to Barcelona. We've been to Barcelona. Yeah, together. yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, um, so I am assuming it's in Barcelona because so there's, funny there's enough, a whole lot of damn good sangria fun, in Barcelona. Funny enough, you're right. Um, but no. Um, the best, the best sangria that I ever had was in Rio de Janeiro. It was at one of the little restaurants that's like right outside, like right along the, um, the ocean line, the like Copa right Cabana, in the, the Copacabana. Down, so you're in Copacabana. It was yep. like, it was like right it right in there. And, um, you know, we got, we decided to get the sangria and what was really cool about it is they, they actually mixed it up right in front of you. So they came over with the bottle of red wine and they poured the red wine and you got to see all the different ingredients. And I, 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 for the life of God, I wish I could remember everything that they had put into that because it was the wine. And then there was a couple of different, you know, alcohols that they had mixed in, but then they had like this, this, this fresh cut fruit, which was just like absolutely amazing with the juices and everything in it. it was you know hands down you know the best sangria it could have been the fact that there was a lot of it a uh b the view was amazing because you're like sitting there right in copacabana in the middle of the day maybe it wasn't the middle of the day i shouldn't say that it was uh it was at some point during the day yeah. <laughs> we, we, we were out drinking uh sangria at uh copacabana so well, you were uh, supposed worse... to be working no no actually as i remember our, our meeting not... had canceled for what it was worth. I was there for that. Our meeting had canceled. I was not. I was not invited <laughs> on that one. Um, so actually I forget. So which is so which is the better looking beach? You know what I mean by looking? Copacabana or Ipanema? Copacabana is better, right? Yes. Yes, Copacabana, yes. absolutely. Yes, yes, right, yes. Ipanema, yeah, yes. Because you have that you have that fun little loop that you can do there yeah. from where the right. You know the military fort is over to the other yeah. side of the island and back, so that's that's cool. Yeah, Ipanema is just that long stretch down. Right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, and right. you can see the you know you get yeah. the view of the yeah. Redeemer and right. all that stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I think I think now I remember. I think I probably told the story before, but uh, um, the as asking the hotel guy when we were there about which beach to go to, and he said Ipanema is 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 if you like girlfriend hot, Copacabana is if you like model hot. <laughs> <laughs> model <laughs> or, hot or, it or, is. Or, or, or girl, girls at Copacabana are are, are, are are like models. Girls at Ipanema are for girlfriends. Yes. Okay. Nice. So how do you top that? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. No, I, I, I still miss. I'm, I'm hoping. We, so we right before you you joined, Melissa, we were talking about uh, our conference is resuming or not, and um, mm. hopefully next year. I I miss going to Barcelona, and I miss getting good sangria at every little place you get on you know, on every street. Um, you know, you sit down, and you get a bunch of tapas and a and a pitcher of sangria, and, and yes. that, that's that's how you spend your night for two plus hours. Oh, with the octopus, the grilled octopus. Yes. So, yes. Yes. Picture sangria. So I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. And VMware, you better freaking do a conference in Barcelona next year. Well, KubeCon's doing one huh? in um, in Spain next year. It's in Valencia. So, okay. I mean, I'd I wouldn't turn that down. Yeah, no. <laughs> I might be going to that if 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 we're yeah. ready to resume. Everyone saw the news today. The news. Which news? That just came out right before the podcast? No. The new, the new CDC recommendations. Oh, that, my goodness. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer have to social distance or wear a mask. At all. At all. At all. Yes. So as long as you carry around your card and shove it in people's faces, you're fine. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Nice. It's going to be weird getting used to that. I told Colin last week. I, so I, I live close to New Hampshire. And up in New Hampshire, um, it was about two weeks ago now, they, they said, okay, no more masks required at all inside, outside. It's up to the individual business or, you know, wherever you are to decide whether or not they, they want to enforce a, a mask rule. And uh, I went to a restaurant, so right across, kind of a towny sort of a hangout. And uh, we walked in and we had masks on. And I just felt this sense that everybody was looking at us as we were walking in. Yeah. And I was like, why is everybody looking at us? And, you know, we've been here before. This isn't like, you know, it's not like we, we stick out. Maybe we did. I don't know. And then we sat down and we took our masks off. And the waitress came over and said, so just so you know, we don't require masks in here. So you don't have to wear masks at all. And it was like absolutely bizarre to be in a place where you could like see people walk around with no masks on, including the wait staff. It was like, wow. It was just, it was, it was like something that was like, it, it's going to take a bit to get used to, um, to not have to, uh, to deal with that. So it'll be, um, it'll be interesting. And even going to games. So here and even in my state, you don't have to wear a mask if you're outside and socially distanced. So even just going to, you know, outdoor lacrosse games, you know, people aren't wearing masks anymore. So, um, so it's interesting. So we we are turning the corner, I feel. So yeah. that'll be good. Oh, well, yeah. well, and, and to be honest, like I was getting to the point where like, you know, people get vaccinated. I don't care about your health anymore. <laughs> I've, I've done my part for the last year and I've, I've gotten my vaccine. So I don't care if you live or die anymore. That's up to you. Oh, rough, rough. <laughs> I, I'd say here we're a little behind that. So um, so regardless of CDC, right? Right recommendations everyone is still kind of in in mask zone i kind of love it because like i've got my hoodie i've got my mask like <laughs> people may or may not not recognize me in public which which is nice um not that i'm a celebrity by any means but you know when you live in the same area and you haunt the same places like you're bound to run into someone you know and um 
after the last year, you know, I'm not really in the mood for that conversation right now. <laughs> like, I'm not quite ready. So, so I'm okay to like keep on trucking, I guess, with with the mask, even though it's annoying and and whatnot. Yeah, we've had but... we've had poor compliance, but again, restaurants and places are are, are are the same. But like, you know, generally, I was I, I was at the gym this morning and I was the only one in a mask. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I would love yeah. to go to the gym and not wear a mask. Like that's the place yeah. where I struggle the hardest. Um, I've only yeah. been to the gym. I don't do I don't do it on the treadmill or, or the elliptical. I'll take it out for that. But yeah, they make but... us wear them no matter oh. what. Like even on on the treadmill, I don't do my cardio at the gym because I can't I can't breathe. <laughs> like if if I'm really doing a workout, I can't breathe. Like... <laughs> I, I I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting because like I I still feel that I need to wear the mask even though I don't I know I don't have to wear it just because I don't want people like looking and being like oh so you don't have to wear the mask are you one of them and it's like no i'm not one of them i was like first in line i was definitely not one of them so but but like i feel like i don't want you to think i'm one of them so i'm gonna have to wear my mask until like you know you don't wear your mask and then we can all just kind of get along it'll be all kind of cool you were too old and talented for that nonsense (laughs) 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 why do you why do you care about what these random people think like what have they done what have Uh, they done (laughs) for real all right, I won't argue with that. I won't argue with that as I grind up my plum. Oh, this is really good, Matt. You macerate it, Scott. You don't grind yes. it; you macerate it. Well, yes. that's I have. I have my my uh, my environmentally Lord. sensitive. Well, it's my aluminum uh, straw that I use, oh. so I can really mash the the heck out of it and it's got all the gunk in it it keeps getting stuck in the straw so it is really good and i think it's the plum more than anything it could be i i don't know what else could be it could be a you know a can of bud light in here with the plum but i think the plum is really what's resuscitating it oh, oh god we're going random today i just, just made me think of i was thinking about traveling again and going back to, to the west coast i was like oh i have to deal with paper straws again <laughs> Oh yeah, those are terrible. Yes, get, awful. get yourself a metal straw and take. Yeah, it exactly. No, that's what I remembered. I was like, I need to get one. Yes, before I go back to California, I need to get a metal straw because the paper ones are awful. Just awful, the worst. Yep. So, do we want to do tech, Melissa? What was your tech topic that you picked? Tech topic was gaming and how this came about. Um, my friend that recently passed. Um, the mm. first time I ever tempted to make sangria was for Hmm. one of his house parties. Um, And he was celebrating uh, the release of his game at the time, Gigantic, um, which had hit. And he was big, kind of, he he was a developer, but he was also big into the, like, the community aspect and organizing, like, um, you know, beta testing and stuff and and talking to the community and getting feedback and all that good stuff. And um, I made Sangria and and went and, and hung out with them for the day. And it was a lot of fun. But, um, but yeah, so I figured why not, what better way to, to kind of reminisce a little bit than to drink a little sangria and, and talk a little bit about gaming technology. Cause we haven't really fully gone there. If, if, if I'm not in a long time, right. we, we touched on it once, I think, yeah, about a year ago, actually it was one of the earlier ones. Oh yeah. Happy, happy anniversary, by the way. Did we do that last week? It's been, it's been over a year. I it was, think o- we have, yeah. yeah, we did. Yes, we did. So yes, yeah. I was reminded about the SAF. Yeah, this is episode forty-seven, by the way. Just to enter that into the uh, into the record, mm-hmm. into the uh, into the archives, if you would, the Jedi archives. This is episode forty-seven. Yes, yes, yes. Almost a year in weeks of podcast. Yes, yeah, we, we haven't skipped many. Yeah. No, no, no we took no. we took the logical, healthy yeah. yes. breaks. Is mm-hmm. what we did. 
So gaming tech, um, I got an Oculus Rift for Christmas. I am a huge fan of it. I don't have enough time to play it. Same. Um, but, um, I, you know, the time they have, I love it. Um, the It's funny, like, you know, I, um, I play mini golf with some friends on it, which is a fantastic game on it. It's just, yes. Um, so okay. I recommend if you, if you have an Oculus Rift. You know, the roller coaster thing is good for a, a party trick or you get out there, but it's not something you'd want to do regularly. Um, yeah. That's weird. I've seen people, I put it on people and they freak out with it. Like, it's like, oh, good. Um, mm. But and then like you know, Escape the Room has a really cool game in there, which is fun. Um, so I'm, I'm slowly playing around. Some games are better than others. Um, the challenge I have with it is, I like to do it standing, and you know I have a lot of space, but I don't have enough space to sort of do it do it standing. So I've been doing it seated. So do you do your seated or standing, Melissa? Um, I stand up. I feel like yeah. it's a little less disorienting standing yeah. than sitting. But also with the space, like I'll I'll run into stuff, so I gotta be careful. Yeah, <laughs> but... yeah so it's like, I gotta find a good space to use it more. More, I think, clear up a little more because it's it's actually a big space. It's like a, a ten by ten square, if if not more. Yeah. Yeah, like an empty room in your house almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm I I was skeptical, and I'm I I think it it really has a lot of potential. Again, I think it's still hunting for the right set of games, but you know I think those will those will evolve and come out because right now people are sort of porting existing games over. But I think as you see more and more new games develop for that medium, it'll, it'll really hit a stride. Yeah. Yeah. My son's a huge fan of Beat Saber, which I haven't tried yet, but um, also Arizona Sunrise, which I found to be really cool. It's like a zombie game where you explore the world and try to survive the zombie apocalypse. Um, yeah. So, so that one was a lot of fun. What about you, Scott? So I I am not a gamer. Like I don't play any of the uh, the the new modern games. I just never got into it. But what I I do really like is the um, you know the old the old school arcade games from you know the the eighties and the nineties. And uh, I was in town in Boston a couple of weeks ago, and there is this great little bar. It's like kind of in the Faneuil Hall area. It's a couple of blocks over. Um, the name of the the bar is called Versus. And um, it, it, like you wouldn't know it. You, you have to know that it's there in order to find it because you'd walk by it, you know, 10 times and you would never realize that this is a really cool place to be. So if you go in, it has uh, it's a, it's basically a bar, um, but it has, I would say, probably 40 or so um, arcade games. And they're all the arcade games, you know, in love. Right. It's the the Pac-Mans and the and the um, Space Invaders and Asteroids and you know, Defender and all those kind of cool games, but they also had things like, you know, Skee-Ball and, um, and, you know, some of the other, you know, Pinball and, and, and those types of things. So it was kind of a, it was kind of a, a, a cool uh, location. What I, what I liked about it back then, we'll see how it is if, if we go again, um, you know, they restricted the number of people that they would let in there. So it wasn't crowded. So you could mm -hmm. get in and you could like literally go from any game that you wanted and, uh, and play. And, you know, you didn't have to put quarters and everything was basically open for, uh, for free play. Um, but it was kind of fun, but I got to play, you know, a couple of the games that I liked. I was always hooked big time on, on asteroids. Um, and do you know what asteroids and space invaders have in common? So here's a fun little thing that I, that I had learned years ago. Um, well, let's start with let's start with Space Invader. So, you guys, I, I won't even make you try and guess because you remember when you play Space Invaders, right? You have like all of the aliens that are coming down and they yeah, flow they march from, across. Yep, yeah, they yeah, mar yeah. They march across, but as you start to shoot different rows, they start to speed up, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Did you know that that was not done intentionally? The problem that they had with the software at the time is that to do the graphics for all of the little individual targets that you would shoot, it was so as so, you took as you took the was, sprites off, they, it was easier to process, and they moved it was, That's exactly it. So as it was, it was <laughs> nice. so heavy. So as you would begin to shoot it, that would allow the the software, the basically the targets, to be able to run faster because the 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 processors didn't have to keep track of all of the individual targets that you were trying to shoot. So that's that that was not that was not a, a an element of the game that was part of the design. That was something that was inherent to the technology that forced the game to basically behave that way. So if you're familiar, so what they did in the connection between Space Invaders and Asteroids was they took that same thing where you have the big rocks. And as you shoot the big rocks, they become smaller rocks. But the rocks speed up, and the pace of the game, and just the um, you, you know the the um, the music they play in the background speeds up. And that's become kind of like a hallmark for lots of different video games. That as you start off, and as it begins to get more complicated, it begins to speed up. But again, a lot of that is based on you know people getting addicted to space invaders but the reason why that happened was had nothing to do with somebody sitting down and we're going to speed this up as there are fewer targets it was because we're going to run it at the same speed but it takes longer when you have more targets on the field than as you start to drain those targets and there are fewer things for this for the processors to track so interesting little fun fact that's what i worked on for the podcast during my run today just so you know <laughs> lovely, lovely. Nice. Yeah, I, actually, there's the retro game retro game bars. Or, or there's one in Dayton, and there's one in Cincinnati. That the cool things. Um, and I think you know, like the one in Dayton is it has like it's like all sorts of, you know, art. Uh, it's a it's you know funky brews. Uh, they have like you know thirty or forty taps of random brews, and and then you know open, open games. But it's a fun place to go. But if you go there sort of late in the evening, it's a bunch of stoners <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, we've got um, we've got a bar here that has a ton of it's it's like a bar and arcade, almost like a Dave and Buster's without the food. Um, but in Missouri, they have like a pinball bar that has nothing but pinball machines and like pinball for me is the gift that keeps on giving, right? When it comes to when it comes to games, because I never get tired of pinball games. <laughs> there are good ones and bad ones, but I never get tired of like going and playing pinball. Uh, there's just something so gratifying about that that kind of hands-on experience yeah. and knocking yeah. things no, and, around. And, 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 yeah, it's tactile and the audiovisual, the sensation. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I have I have a retro uh, I have a retro arcade game here on the other side of the wall actually mm -hmm. um, that I, that's been modded to play the original game. Plus, it's got an, it's got a new circuit board and it'll play forty or so other games. You know, so it'll play Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, um, Space Invaders, etc. But I want for next to it, I want to get a pinball machine. But they are expensive. Oh my god! They're very expensive. Oh my god! Much yes. worse than the arcade game. An arcade game runs like you know, two grand plus or minus. You know, depending. Yeah. Pinball machines are like seven to ten. Yeah. It's intense. It's intense. I guess. It's, so. it's very intense. It's a commitment at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's because of the moving parts. It's like going yeah. from a from a, from a, a flash drive to a mechanical drive, right? Where mm -hmm. you're a mean time between failure and repair. <laughs> Melissa's Melissa's groaning. Oh, you're going there, oh but it's, it's the fine. same. Go there. It's the one where we talk about mean time between failure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just name yes. the episode, Scott. All right, there you yes, go. Yes, you did. It's um, it's wonderful. Uh yes. Um so but that's that's why um you know they're more expensive. It's because you know they're harder to service, harder to you know find ones that work 
because you know they're not making new ones, and if they are, they're probably nowhere near as. No, no, cool. they're, 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 they are making new ones. They're still making new ones. Yes, but they're not. They're not making like the really cool ones from you know back in the day, right? Where you know. <laughs> Is this where you, we're taking it? <laughs> what I I mean. <laughs> Oh no, Scott! They, they are the new we're, ones. We're gonna right. we're gonna Google new pinball machines right yes. now, and we're yeah, gonna Scott, see Scott, how cool they, are, they can be. They, they are super I, cool. Yes, I remember. I remember the All pinball sorts of lights and moving things. And, I will. Yeah, I will. Like... I will. I will date myself. The coolest pinball game that I remember that came out was the Evil Knievel pinball game. Oh right? lord! So, so there you go. What, what's that? Nineteen seventy whatever. Seven-ish? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So that's what I remember. That I was like, oh my god, they got the Evil Knievel pinball game. We gotta go there. At, so. at least my, my I had an Evil Knievel T-shirt in 1977. I think so. so the <laughs> pinball machine must have been plus or minus a year around that. Yes, that was also the same time um, uh, King Tut toured the USA, right? That was the other. That was the other cool T-shirt as a kid. Listen, <laughs> oh, doesn't remember goodness. that. She's too I young. Do I, I kind of do. I kind of do remember that. Yes. Okay, here's one that's right up your alley, Scott. It's the Mandalorian pinball machine. (gasps) There's a Mandalorian pinball machine. Yes, it's only eight grand. So there you go. You're welcome. Only I told you, like, start (laughs) study. Yeah, he did. Oh my god, that's cool. uh, But it's if if I if I if I were to get if I were to get a game, I would get like an old school asteroids. Space Invaders. I would yeah. do something like that. You um, can do that at Best Buy yeah. for like dirt cheap. Honestly, yeah, but they're not they're not the full size the, ones because I've yeah, I, I have like I said, mine is an original full size yeah. one. The yeah, yeah. Condition. I love that. Yeah, but I, the decision I made is because I actually you know I I it's a game called um, Bagman, which is one of my favorite games as a kid. Um, um, I, I I also want a tabletop joust. That's the other one I want. Um, the tabletops are really hard to find, um, but. Um, um, and more expensive. The when I got it, the guy's like, "Hey, you, we we have them, we have them for you, but you know, we also have, uh, you know, we can get you a modern circuit board for with Mame that'll run a bunch of other games." I was like, yeah, might as well do it. So you get the old-fashioned feel. It's the same old cabinet. I do need to replace the joystick. The joystick is sticking, so I need to swap that out at some point because um, it's not it's not great. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But yeah, that 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 one may end up in my house at some at some point, Melissa. Yeah. <laughs> It looks awesome. It's got a it's got a Grogu that's just to die for, and it's, <gasps> yeah, it's adorable. Like I haven't watched the video yet because we're because we're live, but it's it's yeah. I I would put that in my home. Nice. There's also so, an Avengers Infinity War one, which yeah. okay, but if you're a Star yeah. Wars fan, Mando. Yeah, yeah, totally. I'm gonna go for Mando. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about with gaming is cloud gaming. Yes. That's the new thing. Like, that's what all the kids are doing. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, to, to, again, to be old. Um, like, you know, the Xbox, xCloud, whatever we're calling it now, Xbox One Cloud. Um, you know, it's interesting that the fact that bandwidth is getting to be so ubiquitous, you can actually do these things that used to require, you know, I remember when you could you could barely play something, you know, projecting onto a screen wirelessly because it was laggy. And now you can mm-hmm. actually pull these th- things out from the cloud. So uh, I haven't done it yet. It's been on my list to do and try, but I've been um, 
I've been busy and, and I haven't been gaming a lot. Um, I have I have got sucked back into Diablo 3 on the Switch. Uh, so shout out for that. Um, they've done a really good job of, with the seasons of sort of keeping it fresh. So uh, I got sucked back into that. But so once I get, once that falls out of favor, I'm going to try some, some of the cloud gaming just to see how it works. Yeah, I'm going to be pulled into Diablo 3 this weekend, apparently. So... It's, it's going to be fun because I haven't played, I've, I've watched a lot of Diablo games being played, but I've not actually played them. Um, so this will be my first experience with it uh, actually playing. But I was told today that if, if I really sincerely just wanted to murder all the people, that that was the perfect game to go Oh, yes. That, that may be why I, got so, I, I fell back into it so easily is because it's like there's slaughter. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so that's how good it's going. <laughs> I, I I support that. It's, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what else? So I was gonna bring up like my favorite headset, which is um, goodness, the Turtle Beach wireless headsets, especially for um, for Xbox, which is uh, big in our house. Um, they are durable as all get out. And just amazing sound quality, especially for wireless, which I guess I'm dating myself. And um, good, good charge on them, so so they last a long time, but um, comfortable too. So so I'm I'm in love with those. Um, and I was I was kind of thinking back to like specific disrupting gaming technology things that happened. And I remember Wii, but for me, more significant, I guess, being an Xbox house was, was Connect Day, the day Connect launched. And I happened to be on campus at Microsoft when that happened. I had no idea what was going on in the gaming world at, the, at that time because I was, like, working overtime and, you know, little children. And I, I walked on campus and I saw all these people, like, playing video games with their bodies. And my mind was just blown. <laughs> like, where, where did this come from? Where did it go? And, yeah, and I went out that day and tried to find one. But, um, but where did it go? Like, That's that what was... I was going to ask you. Where did it go? Like, all, I mean, like, you know. It's you basically know, gone I, again. I, yeah, yeah. That, that it, was, it was a rave. You know, it was, it, was the, it was all the rage for two to three years and then disappeared. Same thing with the Wii. I mean, I think, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's. Um... Yeah, we, we used it even, even past its prime. And then when we upgraded the Xbox, they're like, we don't support Connect anymore. And I'm yeah. like, oh, so sad. Well, <laughs> well, Apple bought the the Israeli company that made the Connect technology, uh, um, but I don't know. I mean, but again, I don't think it was you know at that point it's nothing proprietary. It's just a bunch of you know lidar and <laughs> recognition technology. Anybody, anybody can make it. We make some, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, no, I just I just think it became passe. I don't know why. I think it was, it was a novelty thing, and people enjoyed it and opened up gaming to a lot of other people. But I think you know, my my, uh, my nephews play with the Wii, and that's their thing. They they enjoy that because it's sort of. But for I think. You know, they went back to the traditional gaming market. They figured it was. I think. I think that's what it was. Is traditional gamers didn't like that because it didn't give them the fine game control. The games weren't as as in depth, and so they realized that hey, yes, we've we've expanded the market to a bunch of new people, but those new people only want to buy a couple games and aren't going to spend hours and hours playing. So let's go back to the much more traditional gameplay because traditional gamers will are will will, will feed us. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they did they did definitely captured my generation. Well, 
the, the generation I'm raising, I should say, yeah. <laughs> of, of gamers, because, because Kinect definitely did its fair share of babysitting in my house um, <laughs> with, with the Dance Dance Kids games and all that mm. stuff. Like, I, I've, got some, I've got a little boy band started, <laughs> started <laughs> that way. <laughs> but now they're all into, you know, the more traditional games, um, I guess. But... The other one, speaking of random gaming technology, something that sort of, I think, at least came and went for me, and I'll ask most of if you, for you or for, or for your brood, if it's, if, it's, if it's all the same, the butt kicker technology. The butt kicker is a brand, sorry, um, but it just, it's where you, you know, you have something that goes under your seat where you feel the vibrations. And, oh, and yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yes. it's still kind of a thing, but not a thing. In that you can get like gaming seats that have yeah. like the experiential yeah. like sound and stuff in the seat, so it feels like you're vibrating. But but a lot of that kind of went away and just went into the controller itself. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The Dual Shock controllers were the first ones. Yeah. Like this, yeah. But um. Yeah. But the, but the butt kicker was one you could add to existing chairs. That was their sort of nice. sort of thing. Yeah. And it, and it will also work for bass and movies as well. So if you want, yeah. So. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, but some of those things are like I, I know, like the high end gaming chairs. So we used to have those. So back at back at the back at the ranch, there was a <clears throat> an area where they had all the the consumer based technology, and they they had things like Alienware and all this other stuff on display. But they had the the high end gaming chairs, and mm -hmm. you would sit in it. And they'd be like, okay, this is kind of cool, and yeah, it's got the you know you can feel things, you can sense things, you can hear things, and all this. How much does this go for? And it's like, I mean, for the the high end one, it was over six thousand dollars for a yeah. gaming chair. It's like, holy smokes, I could buy a car, a good one for six grand. I mean, good luck well, with that nowadays. But yeah, um, the the high end gaming chairs now have like this prop thing that happens where you kind of sit back in your seat, and they've got three or four monitors that that um, spread around you, and it's oh it's oh crazy. yeah, I've seen those. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen some of the um, uh, the gaming rooms. Um, that's that's like I, I don't know why that started showing up, but like on TikTok, that was like a thing. Like everyone would be like showing you, you know, here's the rooms with like you know the surround sound monitors with you know all of the you know the lighting and kind of the cool aesthetics associated with that. And I'd be like, hmm, it's a little bit cooler than my office. I wonder if you can run you know powerpoint or microsoft Word. <laughs> Actually, my, my friend jb tried, tried to justify getting one for it so he could do work on it because he, he's a sysop guy he's like yeah i can monitor all the screens on the three screens and lay back and like that's one he had like the chair it was like almost like you know you were in a um a gyroscope like it tilted back and you know there were three screens and you were like yeah, suspended yeah. twice a year my house turns into that i i move my imac into into the family room downstairs I've got the conference going on the main TV. I've got like a side channel with another view of the conference on the iMac. And then on my laptop, I'm like answering questions and <laughs> chilling on the couch in my jammies. Like that is one thing I, I will miss about all of these remote conferences is, is being able to just like geek out in the ultimate comfort of my home <laughs> in my jammies while still like answering questions and being what passes for productive uh <laughs> during those things yeah I, I may be the only one who remembers this i think melissa you may be too young and scott is too curmudgeonly but land parties land parties you had land parties, land parties? Yeah. Okay, cool. yeah you everybody go you get you get like literally scott like you know 10 
15, 20 people of your house, like Doom was a great LAN party game. Everyone would bring their computer over. Again, before you had high-powered gaming laptops, you'd bring your computer over. You'd have Ethernet cable and, and, and switches strung across your house, hooked up, and you'd all be like hunched over desks, you know, playing you know, team-based yeah. game. Your first-person and- shooters would kill you. And fighting each other over yeah, over yes. the space and, and yeah. the best, you know, distance to the router and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. Yeah. I'm I mostly just drank at those and watched everybody else fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> I usually suck, but I always enjoyed it. I was, it was always fun. To, and the, ban- the banter. Exactly, yeah. Yes. Back before you had headsets where you could talk to people. Does anyone use the headsets to talk? I mean, like, I'm, I'm iffy on them. Like, you know, I'll... Um, like when I do World of Warcraft, I'll do the text chat, but I almost never do the voice chat. I do voice chat with my kids, and I use the headsets to listen to the game experience so I don't have the game blasting on my surround sound. Because, you know, when it's just me playing, it's like, you're not going to get a whole lot of value out of watching. Well, in my opinion, curmudgeonly, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really think people enjoy necessarily watching and listening to me play across the rest of the house. So I, I just zone out my headphones. And then if the kids are on, I'll talk to the kids and play with them. And it helps to like coordinate stuff a little faster than text-based chat, especially with the kids because they can't type or anything. Um, <laughs> so, so for me, it helps. Um, but... And, and I know that my kids use it a lot for, you know, socializing with their friends, especially now. Like, they haven't seen most of their friends in ages, but they're on Xbox together every day, fighting and playing and fighting. Mostly fighting. <laughs> so, whatever. But, yeah. How about you, Scott? Your girls um, use the headsets to communicate? So they don't. What they do is they actually, because they don't want, they don't want, like, so they have, like, their, you know, usual two or three people that they'll play with. Mm-hmm. And um, what they do is they do FaceTime. And so they'll have the game going. And while the game's going, they'll have FaceTime and they'll have it on speakerphone. So they're having, like, you know, yep. and it's always, and that's the thing that I always was like, so why has it got to be FaceTime? You're not even looking at the phone. Do you know that there's an option to like just have do a phone call where you don't yeah. have to see somebody? And yeah. they and they're like, "What are you talking about? Why why would I why would I no. do that when I could do a FaceTime?" So it's no. it's, it's it's interesting. Because that'd be too much like a phone call, Scott. That'd be too well, old like, school. Face FaceTime straight up the nose shot. Right. Or, yeah, yeah. Or shot of of random back legs and butt like doing whatever it does. Like yeah. Right. Every time. Right. <laughs> they're like next thing you're next thing you're telling me is i'm gonna to have to take my phone and i'm gonna to have to attach it to a piece of rope and connect it to the wall in order to use it this is bizarre like why how did why, why did you people have that rope tied they, they actually asked that once it was like why is the why does the phone have rope on it this is why you're the curmudgeon i just got I rid am... of my rope phone by the way um i had one i i used to be like security paranoid around like wired lines to the house and then as soon as as those kind of went away and everything became VoIP I'm like well this does me no good so I I finally tossed it last weekend I had it like lying around just in case like some kind of zombie apocalypse preparation person (laughs) well I still have I you know me I I have a thing for old technology and I still have two old uh, ones in 1920s and ones in 1930 rope phones yeah Um, you really have a rope phone um, yeah, um, and so I like the one. One's actually mounted on the wall in my base. I, I had them wired uh, for a while. And by the way, if you ever do that, 
Those ringers were loud. Yeah. Oh my god. Wake so the had, dead loud. Yeah, yes. I've had to, yes, I've had to disconnect the ringer. I put like cotton in them and I've just disconnected them now. Um, yeah, they, they will wake the dead. But um, did the same thing as you, Melissa. You know, security system took the security system and did it. You know, um, and, and ran it over IP instead of pots. Um, folks who knows what pot stands for <laughs> put it in, put it in the comments um, yes. um but um but the only thing that i miss is i can't i can't do any of those two phones now i want them out i want i mean people say oh they work i said well, they used to so i need to find a way to convert like you know an old you know pots plug to something that does voip or you know or wireless. so anyone knows anything like that hit me up uh please I, i'd be very very interested in finding out um you know somebody to do that because i'd love to have those two phones back Actually, I probably give something. Into, I could probably simply plug something into the house wiring that converted it. Probably right. Yeah, there's probably got to be something yeah. that does that. Yeah, there's got to be some, some sort of gateway. There's got to be a gateway that does it. Yeah. I mean, I found that any sort of like device that you're trying to connect, it's like, okay, I have these really great speakers, but I don't need like a receiver anymore. I just want to play off of, you know, whatever my iPhone is. So I just need something that could take something off of Bluetooth and put it through so I can put these speakers. You can find a device to do that. The question becomes, is it any good? Right. Because, you know, a lot of these things, they look good on paper and then you bring them in and it's like, well, this thing's a piece of junk. It doesn't work, you know. So it's hard. It's hard to know what's you know what's going to work and what's not going to work. So it's a lot of, yeah, recommendations, trial and error, that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I don't have a rope phone anymore. The rope phones are gone. Do you still have a phone at all that isn't a cell phone? No. No, because it's literally because I don't need another number for somebody to call me on. It's like I don't need to check another location. I have 47 yeah. ways for people to connect with me. I don't need another. Yeah. Yeah, and those landlines just become like, well, they were when I last had one, just a spam call center anyway. Like nobody right. ever called on the landline. Everybody hit the cell phone. The only time that that phone would ring is if school was canceled because of a snowstorm, and that would be at like four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> like, all right, I think we can we can eliminate this uh, this device from this the. This is uh... a prime use case for texting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Text me. I'll wake up in the no morning at my normal time. Look at my phone and say, "Oh, good. The kids can sleep in, and they won't bother me." And go about my day. Well, you, you probably don't remember this, Melissa, but I remember growing up, um, you had to listen to AM radio to find out whether or not you had school. And that mm -hmm. was the way it was. That's the way you found out. Is yeah. it school or is it not school? And it would always go in alphabetical order. And it would, depending on where your town was, it would be A, B, C, D. And then you get closer and be like, be there, be there, be there. Ah! Yep. You know? Yep. And then you'd hear the towns next to you like, oh, yes, they're going to cancel it. They're going to cancel it. So... That was always fun, and now you get the you know the four o'clock phone call with the automated uh, message. They don't they don't email it though. No, 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 they do. They 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 notify you every way. <laughs> they send you emails. <laughs> they text you. They call they your call phone you. <laughs> because because they have they have all your information, and so now when something happens, they just take it and it's all automated, and they just blast it out to everything that they need to do to communicate it. And it's yeah. like, listen, I looked out the window. I know it's snowing. No one's going to school today. I get it. No one's been going to school for the last year. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. 
as the podcast curmudgeon, yeah. I could say those things. Yeah, the yes, yes. yes. As, as the, the podcast curmudgeon, Scott. Yes. As, as the podcast curmudgeon, do you know what's next? Uh, it's, it's no, what is choice. next? It so is Colin's yes, choice. We need to find I, out yes. what's next. I host, I host next. Um, so I actually quite, quite coincidentally, Scott, maybe because I was thinking of, of Sangria, um, I was actually thinking of doing South American wine again. Um, 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 we haven't, um, we, we did that once again a while ago. Um, I was thinking about doing Argentinian wine, but that was my original thing. But since you mentioned Rio, we'll brought it to anything in the Southern cone. Um, um, and also cause I may be craving some good Malbec. <laughs> um, um, but, um, um, if anyone else wants anything else, please, please bring that up as well. Um, so I think South Americans, interesting, interesting South American wine. Let's do some fun um, because we can talk about the history of South American wine, something like that. And on the tech side, you know, I, I, I struggle with this and I still hadn't made it my mind as we started the podcast. Um, I want to go back to something softer and I was bouncing around a couple different ideas. Um, but I think what I want to do is I want to do um, tech that I don't think we've done this before tech that sort of was revolutionary. We said, oh, my God, and then disappeared. Yes. Sort of like what we did just now with, yes. with, the, the, yeah, the, the, with the, the Wii, Connect and the Wii, you yeah. know, things that like that they were super, so, you know, super tech bubbles, things that were super hot, things that you had to have uh, that you that everyone out and got. And then, you know, three years, four years later, you're like, you know, it's in a cardboard box in your in your garage someplace. Tech yep. flame outs. Tech flame outs. Tech flame outs. Yes. Tech flame outs. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. Run, run hot and run cold. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm picturing the Gardner Magic the Gardner uh, the hype hype cycle right now. Right. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Tech that once was hot but now is not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Mm. We can do so that. So excited. Yep. Yep. And it's also time for our little TV roundup. If you stick this long, and get to hear our our, our streaming roundup. Yeah. What are people watching? Oh goodness! Shadow and Bone, anyone? I just no, um, but uh, I'm interested in the title. It's very, very good. I've only watched one episode. I'm gonna watch the second, a second one tonight. Um, Netflix, Shadow and Bone, um, world where there's some sort of rift that is dividing the world, and and people need to go through it, and and, and there's magic, and it's just really well done, and you don't know why. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Really well done. Yeah, definitely binge worthy. So that's based on a on a, a series of novels. Okay. So yeah, one of my kids uh, read those and then sure. watched every all the episodes on Netflix, but didn't want anybody to know that she was watching it because she wanted to watch it by herself so no one would disturb her while she was watching it. So okay, um, but yeah, no, I haven't had a chance to uh, to see that. So um, I will tell you this: like the biggest disappointment that I had, and I don't know what happened. So like Netflix keeps pushing this thing. It's that series that they have on how to sleep better. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's a, it's a, it's like a, it's a documentary. Well, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but it was like this thing, you know, secrets to sleeping better, sleep better. You know, all this stuff is like, hmm, okay, I could sleep better. I could maybe this could be helpful. And I looked at it, and it's like a nine-part series, and each of the um, episodes was like 18 to 22 minutes. I was like, all right, so how painful could this be? And I put the first one on and I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. This is like any sort of health class from like third grade in the 1970s. I was like, this is just bad. So I was like, I can't, I can't sit to that. So I didn't watch that. But 
I will tell you one of the things that I'm looking forward to next week that's coming out. Um, so there was a, um, a series on uh, Netflix um, called. Um, um... Okay. Yeah. Nice. I've I've got one too. So I've been watching this series called Invincible, and it's actually a cartoon series on um, Prime, and it's a cartoon series that's kind of drawn in the style of like '80s Saturday morning cartoons, um, and it's essentially a spinoff of of a Superman kind of kind of vibe. So so it's like if Superman were a dad. And had a kid with superpowers, but also wasn't necessarily in the Justice League, which I guess he kind of wasn't, but definitively isn't in this in this kind of series. And and kind of Superman going bad, and and all of the kind of fallout and participation with the government, and kind of crazy things that happen in this world where superheroes are and supervillains are just kind of unknown, and kind of an, an annoyance, and people have to do things like like superhero defense training and stuff like that <laughs> to do their job. So it's it's kind of fun and interesting in that in that this kid who's who's kind of coming of age gets to kind of define himself as a superhero and and names himself invincible because he's a teenager and <laughs> yeah, all the things and then as you go the big thing is he finds out how not invincible he is, right? <laughs> and, that, and that he keeps getting his butt kicked by life over and over and over again. So I, I've watched a few episodes now, and um, as much as I'm not super into cartoons, this one has, has kind of stuck, so I'll probably stick with it. It's on Prime. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, that's really it for our show today, and Colin lost his audio. So um, I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you.